after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials. We talk about good ones and bad ones. And we talk about ones where people say weird shit like this. It's the future, Michael. Oh, I'm not Michael. Oh, don't worry. He calls everyone Michael. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hey, Vives. Hi, Andrew. Hey, thanks for putting the show together today. I'm pretty excited about this one. Me too. We have... Um, I've been trying to get you to do this one for weeks. Yes, you've been uh, you've been very excited about this one. Animals attack in commercials. Yes. And to be clear, this isn't commercials for things that ward off animal attacks. It's when commercials use animal attacks to show how an unrelated product is so tough. All right. And it is uh, inspired by one of your least favorite campaigns of one of our, recent All memory. of our least favorite yeah. campaigns. We'll talk about that. Uh, also, I am very excited about what I'm bringing to the table today as well. Uh, I have put together a quiz, something that I've been thinking about um, uh, laying on you for a while. So that's going to be really fun. Do you want me to tell you? I should probably tell you what it is. Yeah, now. I literally have no idea what, what the quiz is about. It is about um, word problems and math. It has nothing to do with commercials. That's really I was told to... there'd be no math on this. Exam. No. Um, you know how we were talking recently about that T-Mobile jingle? They play it in the um, in the commercials, but it startles us because it's the exact sound of our phones when they ring right. or when the alarm goes off in the morning. And I mentioned on the show that it's a struggle between having amazing sonic branding, which I think is fascinating sonic branding, um, but also not being annoying, right? So uh, I, I don't know. We're talking about that, and I was thinking about that T-Mobile jingle and how you hear it and you immediately know uh, T-Mobile. And so I put together a bunch of other like kind of sonic branding bits, and I'm going to play them for you, and you're going to tell me Ooh, what company it yeah, is. Yeah, looking forward to it. A lot of them are um, technology-based, some entertainment-based, and stuff like that. So uh, that is the quiz. Uh, you guys can play along at home. I think you're all... I think you'll kill the quiz, Veeves. I think you'll probably get 100%. Uh, but that's because I know what devices you have. And I know <laughs> what you know, you know. But I don't know if the um, if, if the listeners will know. So you guys play along at home. Also, um, in Ad Council, I see that you all are talking about a uh, an ad campaign that I'm not really familiar with. But it seems like it's really stirring up some emotions on the Facebook page. Yeah, there was a really fun discussion on the Facebook group. Um, and that's what it's there for. So I wanted to uh, highlight that discussion and get you to take a look at some of the ads in this campaign. All right. Well, what do you say we start with the animals? What? Make something in me thing. Oh, I've gotta have my fling. Can't you see? Whoop, whoop. It's the animal in me. What makes something in me raw? Howl and growl, oh, kiss me more. Can't you see? Whoop, whoop. It's the animal in me. I know it's so cliche, just another podcast using an Ethel Merman song. Um, okay, so I have not gone through um, these commercials that you uh, put together for us. Do you want to start with the one that inspired it all? Let's start with the with the Ur one. Um, this is for the Chevy campaign, which we have railed about, and it's so terrible, and it just gets worse and worse, um, where they they just have the most ridiculous circumstances where people are very unconvincingly surprised by something that the Chevy guy is presenting them oh with. Oh, my God. We yeah. saw one during the last football game that we watched that was like, 
they unveil a car and it's it's a Toyota. Oh, it's not a Toyota. They pull back another sheet. Oh, oh it's, it's a Honda. Oh, no, oh, no it's, it's not, not a, a Honda. Honda. Would you believe it? It's our shitty car. Like the sub message. Like, I would believe is, it because I know your face from all of these Chevy ads and I haven't been living in a cave for the last five years. Anyway. So but this one, though, I don't know of any of these dumbass Chevy ads that have animals involved. So you got my interest. This is uh, uh, some sort of moderately ugly looking Chevy SUV. Uh, in a room, and he, uh, Boyd Potch, Mr. Chevy, tells the various focus group people to get in the Chevy, and then, for some reason, alligators come out and menace the car, and I guess they feel like safer that they're in a Chevy. They don't come out of the car. No, no, they like come oh, out of like... I, I thought you were going to say they, they, the people open no, up the car. No, they're in the car and, and then the alligators are released into the room like Dr. Evil style. Oh, wow. All right, can we listen? Yeah. Hi, guys. This is the Chevy Equinox. Beautiful. Wow. Nope. It offers a lot of great technology inside. Ooh, this is fancy. That's the available HD surround vision camera. The top of your car? Mm-hmm. It helps you see dangers around the vehicle. What is that? What the... Wait, 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 what is that? Oh my god. What is happening? These are big alligators. Now we're surrounded. So who's getting out first? I don't know, (laughs) but we're keeping this camera on. (laughs) I guarantee you somebody in that car accidentally called it a crocodile. Nobody knows the difference. Yeah. Anyway. That's that's your first takeaway. (laughs) I just, I don't know. Just like, that's a big alligator. It just, it's just so phony. Oh, it's so phony. However, I am kind of down with the idea of them opening up the doors of the car and a bunch of alligators coming out. Well, they missed an opportunity. Yeah. These ads are so terrible. Uh, I just, I, 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 it baffles me that they're still using this guy and this basic premise of this real people, not actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's selling a lot of Chevys, but like, it's so loathsome. But it, it did get me thinking about how many, I feel like all my TV watching life, I have seen, there's been a, a strain of commercials where they use some like scary animal to highlight a particular virtue of the product. I guess this one is that it has doors that would require opposable thumbs to open. <laughs> right. It protects... I mean... What's... This Chevy has handles. <laughs> so it's alligator proof. Yeah. Um, sort of. Um, I am thinking of... I did not look at your list, so I don't want to... Um, I don't want to blow it for you, but I doubt you have this one on, but I'm now immediately thinking of... The old lotion commercial that was on TV like crazy in the oh, 90s, yeah. Lubriderm. I think it was for Lubriderm where, yeah, she's it's she's less menaced by the alligator. But, yeah, there's like a sexy lady and it, she like puts the Lubriderm on and she's like in a white room. Yeah. And the alligator walks around and then it's like the tagline is, see you later, alligator. Yeah. Cause she's getting rid of her rough skin. Yeah. Okay. That's one. I'll try to think of more because you're right. I feel like there might have been one with a watch too. Probably. There's know. a lot. So here's one from Gillette and this is about sharks and how they can smell one drop of blood in the water. Oh. And they put these two dudes in a shark cage oh, no. under the water. And tell them to shave? And tell them to shave. And then the guy who has... How do you shave underwater in salt water? How do you shave underwater? How do you shave in salt water? That seems like it a bad idea. It sounds horrible. I know. It's like it doesn't make any sense. But of course, the one that's not the Gillette nicks himself and then like the sharks attack. How's he breathing underwater and, with his, and having his face exposed? It's, I don't remember. All right. Let's, let's take a look at this. The world's scariest shave. They're out in a boat. Sharks are circling. Oh, these guys are buff. All right. So they're putting on their gear. 
And it looks like what they're going to do is they're going to have just like eye masks and maybe just a breathing tube, but yeah. they're, they're most of their face or at least their cheeks will be exposed. And they put the shark cages into the water and like ratchet them down to what is clearly a, an aquarium floor, even though it looks like they're underwater, like they're out in the ocean. Now they jump in. Research shows that sharks can sense even a drop of blood from a quarter of a mile away. Which razor would you use? So then they show them shaving their skin. Like very in in salt water with no lubricants. And completely carelessly. Yeah. Just like I had these little toy razors when I was a kid that were plastic. You could change the fake razors on them, which was neat. And it looks like it's that. Like I find it very hard to believe that they're they're obviously not in the ocean here. Like it's so clear that they are in a in a pool. Wow! I wonder when this is from. Sharks are circling. The disposable razor guy. Oh no! Oh no! He's got a nick. Now the sharks all like turn around because they smelled blood and they're they're like banging into his cage. And I like. I kind of get it as a joke. like Real sharks, not actors. Real, right. Like, if you want to have it be sort of like a goof that they are, you know, that, that, that you're going to have fewer nicks and cuts, so, like, the shark won't, you know, so what's a situation where some blood would be, like, a difference mm-hmm. maker? I can I can get behind that. But the way it's shot, it's as if this is, like, a real practical application for this razor. Like, well, if I'm ever in a shark yeah. tank, I gotta, I, I'm going to need to make sure that I haven't nicked myself with my razor. And then and that guy goes goes on and dies by the teeth of a shark? Yes, and then he dies. Wow. No, that, that boy, that makes the Chevy ad seem realistic. I know. Right? That is some <laughs> bullshit. Um, and then these get progressively sillier. Um, this one's for Jack in the Box. Um, and it's actually great because it tells you the whole story. So everything you're hearing is also what you're seeing. Okay. I was walking home. Just picked us up two breakfast croissants for four bucks when this bear attacked. With one swipe, it devoured one of the croissants. Then Jack showed up and took care of the beast so I could escape. And that's what happened to your breakfast croissant. And yours? It survived. <laughs> Share it with yourself. Freshly cracked egg with ham and bacon or sausage. Again, that's bullshit. I just don't think that Jack would take on a bear like that. I actually think that Jack would. Of any of them. <laughs> You're right. I mean, of all the You're mascots. You're very pro-fighting Jack. I mean, he's the he's straight crazy, first of all. <laughs> really I mean, Ronald McDonald's not going after a bear. I don't think the king is. Would Grimace go after a bear? Is Grimace a is bear? Is Grimace a bear? <laughs> It's a mystery. <laughs> Annoying lunch lady from Wendy's isn't going after a bear. Oh, uh, the redheaded lady. Yeah. What about the old lady? Where's the Where's the bear? Where's the bear? Maybe she would do it. <laughs> but yeah, so that one was that one was kind of that one to me That's works great. like it was played for laughs it. and it had a good punchline. Yeah. And I thought the guy who delivered the like it survived at, uh, line was pretty funny. I mean, it, it, here it, it does raise an ethical question. If you're the one who's fetching the two croissant sandwiches and then one of them befalls some sort of incident, whether it's bear related or not, isn't it kind of up to you to at least offer yours to the per? I mean, maybe you got different sandwiches. One had cheese, right. one didn't. And maybe this guy doesn't eat cheese. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of there are a lot of uh, fast food ads, I feel like, where the the joke or the premise is like, I got two. Oh, no, wait, I got one. Yeah. 
you and know, it's, because it's all for me. It's all for me. Or uh, another trope is people eating other people's fast food. That's what I mean. A lot. Yeah. 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 Huh. All right. Um, what do you got next? Uh, okay, there's one for Travelocity that features piranhas. Okay, is this self-explanatory? Uh, I can't remember. It's like the gnome, you know the Travelocity gnome, right? It's like oh, a yeah. garden gnome that just talks, but his face doesn't move or anything. Yeah, the Amelie gnome. The Amelie gnome, yeah. He's he's in a like a fish tank. Okay. This is what it's like paying full price for a hotel room. Oh, no. And this is what it's oh. like getting a high-end hotel room. So in the first one, there's a bunch of piranhas attacking the ceramic gnome. But now the ceramic gnome is in a nice warm bath in a fancy hotel room, right? Yep. And this is what it's like getting a high-end hotel room for 45% off published prices with Travelocity's top secret hotels. Wow. Tingly. The gnome has an actual live harp player sitting on the edge of his tub, a beautiful woman. Yeah. That's great. It's a fancy hotel. (laughs) It is. Well, he deserved it after the the piranha attack. Yep. Um, there's another one. Here's one by Mentos. This is less of an attack, although I think like the threat is implied. But I remember, <laughs> I remember this one. Um, there's a guy, kind of a youngish guy, uh, sitting in a somewhat mostly empty office, uh, kind of a cube farm type of office, and he opens up a pack of Mentos that has two flavors, and he does eeny meeny miny mo to pick which flavor he's going to eat, uh-huh. and then. Uh, Comedy ensues. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Catch a tiger by the toe. If he hollers, let him go. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Takes a piece of gum. And then there's a tiger. What? Right oh. next to him. And it has a, like a trap on its finger. Because he said, catch a tiger by the toe. Right. And it looks like a very real tiger. This actually is kind of scary It's a looking. pretty impressive... Uh, effect that they've got here i don't know how they did it but what if it's the tiger from the hangover maybe or the one that was in that other movie about the boat where it's on a boat oh tiger on a boat tiger on the boat yeah Yeah. right right yeah um all right should i continue with this so the tiger has this trap on its toe and he's put his giant paw on the knee of this gum-eaten guy It is a realistic looking tiger. Do I really need to holler? <laughs> Up to you, Gunther. The best is that as the tiger is talking to the guy, in the far background, another coworker just runs away. <laughs> yeah, very far background. I really like that. Um, uh, if he hollers, let him go. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. I, I do not remember that one at all. And then you have a note here that says, honorable mention because what the fuck? Yeah, this one, just when you search for, because um, I was like, searching for for animal attack commercials is hard. Like, it, that doesn't bring you what, you basically, you just got a lot of videos of, like, when animals attack. Um, but So I started looking for specific animals, because I figured, uh-huh. like, what are the scary animals? Lions, yeah. tigers, bears, snakes, snakes, piranhas, alligators, crocodiles, etc. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I searched for... Birds. Um, birds can be scary. <laughs> birds can be kind of Isn't scary. there one where a giant bird comes in a window? Prop- We've talked about it on the show. Well, I there's saw- the one... It's like a UPS or FedEx yeah, commercial, Yeah, they're I dropping... Think. But they're not attacking anybody. Oh, they're that's doing, true. They're, uh, they're doing some of the work. They're giant carrier pigeons. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt. This is this is what happens when you search for Cobra attack commercial. Oh, okay. It's a commercial for a product called Hot Wheels City, 
which is like a model city oh, for Hot, Hot Wheels. For oh, Hot Wheels, yeah. like the little oh, cars. I love these when I was a kid. I was more just I was more of a Matchbox kid. Like they had Matchbox cars and Hot Wheels cars, mm-hmm. and I always had the thing that was maybe my parents always said it was better, but it wasn't what everybody else had. Yeah, like everybody else had Legos, but I had some advanced lock block things, not the sure. childish lock blocks, but some other motorized lock block things, which were cool, but like. I just wanted Legos like the rest of the kids. I had Matchbox. They had Hot Wheels. Oh, but yeah. I did love any... I played with my cars like crazy, and I loved little cities and ramps and stuff like that. Well, I think you would have liked this if it wasn't too scary for you, because this is a city, <laughs> but wrapped around the one of the buildings is a what would be a giant, in, if it were in scale, if it were, you know, to a life scale, um, cobra snake. With a mouth that opens up to catch a car. Oh no! A giant cobra is attacking Hot Wheels City, and he's captured your friend. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> oh, I see. So I thought this was just a commercial thing, but no, it's actually part of the toy. It's the toy. It's like you punch a button, and your car goes flying, and you try to get it into the mouth of the of the cobra. Yeah, and then the cobra becomes a ramp that like. Uh, like springs up and down almost like a pinball machine sort of sort of yeah it's pretty complicated and I have a feeling this like was the kind of toy that if you got it to work once it was a freaking miracle yeah let's start this from the beginning I'm loving it a giant cobra is attacking Hot Wheels City and he's captured your friend challenge accepted Got him. See ya. Oh. You're supposed cobra to jump over its head the the and onto the ramp, but sometimes oh, the wow. cobra will catch your car and not let it go over the ramp. I'm actually envious of this because what I'm seeing here is so Hot Wheel City is like a modular thing yeah. where this one is the snake thing that you can add to Hot Wheel City, and it's clear that they had all different kinds of things. Right, and a lot of sort of Rube Goldberg-y type of uh, getting the car to do tricks and stuff. I am glad, you know, I, I'm totally, I stick by my decision not to have kids. I never wanted kids, and I'm glad that we have the life that we have. The only time I want kids is when I see commercials like this, and I'm like, ugh, all my other friends my age in their 40s, they're having kids, and they're going to be buying toys for the kids, and they're going to have to play with the toys sometimes. Like, I, I can't. Snowflake like friends wouldn't buy a car like, wouldn't buy a toy like this. Really? A Most Hot Wheels going into the mouth of a snake? I don't think so. This doesn't seem like, I mean, do they even, this doesn't even seem like a thing. I don't even know what they make now. It's probably crazy. This ad was from 2018. Oh, so, so it's this yeah. new. Well, then I'd be surprised if our friends buy it. I've never been at a friend's house who had a kid where this was the kind of toys that they had. What I am asking you is, will you buy me this? <laughs> I understand that's what you're asking. You can buy it for yourself. <laughs> I can buy you it. Got, you got money for your birthday. I did get money for my birthday. All right. I'll spend my birthday money on my Hot Wheels toy. <laughs> God, how do you put up with me? Like, because I'm only half kidding about wanting this toy. I know, but I don't think you actually will, only because you're... you're Hatred of clutter outweighs your love of Hot Wheels. <laughs> no, that is true. And also, I do. I, uh, midlife crisis is going really well. And I'm really proud of it, and I, I, I am enjoying all of my Walkman and my cassette tapes. But I don't think I want to go back to playing. Yeah, you're with, like up to three Walkmen uh, now with Hot Wheels cars at this point. Um, all right, well, that was fun. We zipped right through that, but um, there's not a there, lot to there say. There must be a million there more. Are. So if you guys think of any more good scary animal uh, commercials, send them our way. You can 
can email us at uh, what is it? What's the name of the show we're working on? After these messages, show at Gmail. I'm sorry, I'm not joking. It has really, really been a long day. All right. Well, how would you feel about getting into uh, this quiz? I put. Yeah, together? I'm excited. I feel like I feel pumped. I feel ready to do well. Oh, if you feel pumped now, wait do you hear this? All right, so you have covered your uh, computer monitor, so yes. you cannot see the quiz I'm about to give you. And again, I said at the top of the show, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to play for you a uh, like a Sonic ID. I'm calling them that generically. I don't know if that's really what they'd be called. But like, here's the example that we started with, the, um, the T-Mobile phone ring sound, which is also their kind of like Sonic logo. I hear that and I get tense. Yeah, because if someone's calling... Yeah, exactly. If somebody's calling, it's bad news. And yeah. they, but they use that at the end of their commercials. And again, it's always like, it's smart when you have such good brand recognition with the sound, but it's bad when it's kind of a startling sound. That's also their default, um, you know, alarm that wakes you up in the morning. You yeah. Know? Um, okay, so I'm going to play some more for you. Uh, and again, I think that you will breeze through these pretty quickly. Well, that's obviously NBC. Yeah. And do you remember the little dazzling deet that I think we learned on this show about that? No. Remind me. The notes are G-E-C. And the urban legend is because it was General Electric Corporation. Oh, yeah. I dug a little bit deeper into that today. Wikipedia. And it sounds like that might not exactly be true, that it's a really good mnemonic device. But if you look back to the very early days, this thing came out before GE kind of acquired them. Like Uh GE was like... A stakeholder in whatever company first found. You know, it right. just doesn't seem like the f- timelines. And they only had they had four tones they could choose from. So the fact that they landed on G, E, and C. Why did they only have four tones? I don't recall. Was that before other notes were invented? It was before other notes. Exactly. It was before the notes were invented. Here, do you want me just to tell you? General, here's it's, this is listed as folklore. Um, in 1919, General Electric founded NBC's parent company, which was the Radio Corporation of America, RCA. At the time the NBC chimes were being developed, GE was still RCA's largest shareholder and also held 30% of the stock. Blah, blah, blah. Um, the small handheld chimes they used, commonly used when NBC chime sequence was being developed, had only four tones. So basically the thing they were using only had four tones, high G, low G, E, and C. I picture like a four-bar xylophone, but I wonder why, like, what was the purpose of having a four-bar xylophone? I don't know. The small handheld chimes commonly used when the sequence was being developed only had these four tones. So anyway, uh, whoever's writing Wikipedia, Mr. Wikipedia says that that is probably a little bit more folklore than anything. I love it, though. But okay, you I got that one true. right. All right, uh, this one, I tried to make a couple slightly more challenging. I don't know if this will really fit the bill. Hey, can I get a bell or what? Oh, sure. That's my sound here. I'll move that closer. Uh, Here, this one. Oh, God, that's Skype. That is the ringing sound of Skype. That is honestly worse for me than um my phone then t-mobile really why why do you have such a bad i had a job once where there was a lot of skype uh activity and it was 
not a great job. Oh, wow. See, I, to me, I always thought Skype did a good job of like, because they were like one of the first major it's just a companies personal, to... It's a personal yeah. association for me. Because they re- they got to reinvent the sound. I think Skype is a good example of um, sonic branding. Yeah. And they, they really went for a very almost like fluid sounding, soothing yeah, no, I sound. I think it's a smart thing. And I mean, it's very recognizable. As soon as I heard it, I was I was filled with the feeling that I had yeah. when I would have to do a Skype call with someone. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't remember, like I, but I couldn't remember what was causing that feeling for a second. Uh, so this one too, you don't have to really guess this. This is just that was the sound of Skype powering up <sighs> back in the day. Um, okay, uh, uh, how about this one? Oh boy, is it a is it a production company? I will say I am very surprised. I thought this was the easiest one. It's well, not, not the easiest. Is it a it's not a production company? It is not. Uh one more time. Okay. I feel like I see it on TV. You used to hear that every time you powered up Windows XP. Oh, really? That's the Windows sound. Oh, boy. It did not stick with me. Yeah. This is Windows 95, according to the internet. Oh, wait. No, I actually just clicked on something that is 10 minutes long, and it's every single Microsoft sound. I don't think we have the time for that. That one was XP, and that oh, was the yeah. one that I remember the most, because that was like kind of during a time when you usually had the sound on on your computers. Like now, I don't think there is a sound when I boot up my computer I turn, well I don't I keep my headphones in my mm. at my work computer I keep my headphones plugged in so if oh, I yeah, need to his, listen to something I can just keep my sound on all the time right. but then I just put, put in one earphone if I need to hear what's happening but that way I never have to like futz around with muting things or unmuting things right okay how about this one this one will be fun this this one you will not have to reach uh, so far back uh, in your memory for oh that's Netflix. That is Netflix. <laughs> uh, it's fun, isn't it? Like, you, it does take you a second, but then yeah. it, it's there, right? Yeah. Um, but it really puts you in the space that you are in when you hear that sound. That's yeah. why I'm sort of surprised that the net, the um, Windows one, like, bamboozled me because I, I just, like, of course I've heard it a million times, but it just sounded to me like... The thing that they play when the horse flaps its wings at the beginning of the movie or whatever. Right, right, right. As a matter of fact, was that Brian Eno who did that one? Or no, no, maybe Brian e- Brian Eno did a different um, uh, computer startup song, I think. But I don't remember which one. Oh, really? How about this? Oh, that's MGM. MGM, indeed. I went to... So, you know, I spent a year abroad, uh, like a year at, at a English university... And I had a friend there who had gone on safari in, um, I don't know which country, but somewhere in like, you know, the southern part of Africa. Mm -hmm. And they got in some trouble. They got too close to the wildlife and a lion actually like sort of chased them. Mm. And like to the point where the guy... Going back to your segment. Uh, Yeah, right. (laughs) Full full circle. Uh, And the, the guide basically had to tell her and her family, like, just run. Oh like just hope God. for the best and run. When it is run from the lion, yes, that's like basically saying, "Make your peace." Make your peace because if it wants to catch you, it will. So that she was fine; nobody was hurt. She ran away. How far did she have to run? I don't know, but they had to run God. to some sort of safety, right? And oh my 
God. And she would she that, run into a Chevy. That yeah, right. That sound at the beginning. I remember her telling me like she's like that MGM sound is oh, wow. really I mean she didn't use the word triggering because we didn't know what that we didn't have that yeah, word back yeah. then but like it would give her really like anxiety oh my god can you you just had anxiety listening to a Skype call I know right jeez <laughs> Louise I think you know I think she probably had a little PTSD alright um, this one is going to be a little tougher for most people I think um, it's probably going to be tougher for you to accept you might have a leg up What's this? Play it again, because this thing at the beginning was, I feel like, a clue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like some local news thing. It, it is um, It is the CBS radio news sounder. You know it because uh, Cairo Radio plays the, our local station here, and the one that I work for sometimes is a CBS station, or oh, at least yeah. we, we carry the CBS newscasts. And so at the top and bottom of every now hour, you, you Now hear, my dirty secret is that I don't listen to Cairo. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's what plays right before the Dory Monson show that you listen to every <laughs> right. day. Um, okay, how about uh, how about this old? I just uh, mute all the parts that aren't Dory. <laughs> how about how about um, this little chestnut? Intel inside. Intel inside. Because when I don't know if this is, is intentional, but the way the last four notes. I always hear it. I know it's not, it doesn't have lyrics, uh-huh. but I hear the words Intel Inside in the very f- last four notes. Sing it. Intel Inside. <laughs> now I think I'm going to do that too. <laughs> That's great. Okay, how about this one? Oh, God. Uh, I feel so dumb. What is it? It's such an obvious one. This is a tough. It's you is know. Is that Hulu? It's not Hulu. When you put it, when you put this quiz together, you're just like, oh yeah, it's yeah. so obvious, so obvious. But then the I think it's getting harder as you go along because your brain. It's also is a lot of now, beeps and boops. It's a lot of beeps and boops, and your brain starts now associating with all these other things yeah. you've heard. Let's listen again. Uh, is that AT That is AT and T, my friend. Good job, you pulled it out. And that one's hard for me only because. Uh, we, I mean, we have TV, obviously, but yeah. we've never owned an AT and T phone. Yeah, but I, I, I tried to put anything in here that I, I didn't think you wouldn't have heard before, and uh, I think I just know those from the commercial. So far, though, I mean, we've done a bunch of these. I can't count right now, but um, the only one you didn't get was Windows XP, which was funny because I really thought that was going to be one of the more. Um, it's obvious been ones. so long since I was, since I had a Windows XP. Yeah, I mean years and years and years. Yeah, okay. How about I had a Vista computer, so I I didn't I didn't stick around with XP for as long as a lot of people did. Actually, it's not for the quiz, but I had the sound of the Vista too. Play it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jokes at Vista's expense. Never, they'll never not be funny. Okay, it's not HBO, or is it? It's not HBO. It's not HBO. It's um, is it? It's not Viacom. It's not Viacom. But is it like a TV? Is a TV thing? It's not TV. 
that it's makes not me think it's HBO. It's not, it's not television. It's HBO. No, it's not HBO. It's not TV. It is in the realm of entertainment. I we were very young, very young when this was brand new. Yeah. Picture where here. I'm going to play it for you again. Um, close your eyes and picture where you might be when this sound is huge around you. Oh, is it surround sound? Close, Did very I, close. I said surround sound. It's not that. It is a. Uh, it's the Lucasfilm THX sound. Oh, that, remember when it was? I like, would never have gotten to that. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's a very familiar sound. Of course, yeah. I know it, but like, I don't associate it strongly with that brand. Um, okay. How about this? Um, that's also a windows computer that is a mac or a mac that's the early mac i don't know if macs make any sound anymore but that used to be the old mac os sound when they were still these uh big desktop computers i did have one of those in college that's the only time i've owned a mac because like college everyone at college had Mm -hmm. a mac and you you would buy them from like the bookstore i think like this the college sold me Mm. Uh, Macintosh. I never had a Mac, but I I didn't really even have a computer in college until the very end. Uh, or I, I never had a computer in college that was hooked up to the internet. But my friend <laughs> Scott Woodling had a couple of plants in his little studio apartment, which was a couple of floors below me, and I would um, sometimes kind of like house sit for him when he was gone. And he had a Mac and the internet. Wow. And this was it's not even that early for the internet. I just didn't this would have been about well, let's say 98, okay? Yeah. 97 or 98 and there were these things called chat rooms you could just go in and just talk to strangers. It blew me. I would stay up. You know how like now I will sometimes just like get into a Minecraft hole and just lose time yeah. and suddenly crawl out of it at three in the morning. It was like that. When he would go out of town, I would just be like, can I use the internet? Like, when are you leaving <laughs> What were you talking again? about with strangers? I don't remember. The only thing I remember, this is a true story, is um, I remember I would just kind of bounce around from various things. Probably kind of, I don't know, like maybe f- somewhat flirty, but not like gross. I don't really know. But I do remember one very specific instant. There was something called parent chat. And I went into parent chat, and I just kind of watched it for a while. Because you can, you can see as people come and go, right? And yeah. I remember going in, and I think I knew I wanted to make this joke because I had recently heard it, and I thought it was a hilarious joke. Um, so I go in there, and I wait for a while, and then I just type, I like kids, but I couldn't eat a whole one. And immediately... You're bounced. <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Like, I don't know how they were able to... How they were able to read that and eject me yeah. so Yeah, before you even quickly. hit enter, you were out. Yes. And I almost like, if it was this day and age, it'd be a bot. But like at the time, like, you know, I don't think it was a bot that kicked me out that interpreted this thing. It was yeah. just a dumb no, joke. No, they didn't have those then. I, it was somebody, yeah. someone was just moderating. Very offended. Very offended. All right. Um, what, about, a, what a snowflake. What about this one? Ah, that one I know for sure is HBO. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of Sopranos. They've been oh, running it yeah. as a... Uh, 
like a, a marathon this week. It's almost weird not hearing the the bass come in after yeah, that, right. huh? Um, and although Sopranos is not the first HBO property that I really got, well, I guess the very first one would have been Mr. Show because my friend taped them. I never had pay cable until like we were adults. Um, so I guess I used to associate it with Mr. Show. Yeah. And then, though, then that was still pre what we call, well, what we call binge watching. People know what binge watching is, but we didn't even have a word for it when we were watching Mr. Show. But I think the first thing that you and I kind of binge watched was Six Feet Under. Yeah. Right? So that then became my association with yeah. that. Yeah. So. Even before, because I think Six Feet Under was pre Sopranos. And it, mm-hmm. even more than The Sopranos, I think, heralded. I mean, The Sopranos like set a new bar, I think, for how television is made but six feet under changed the way people watched and thought about television in a lot of ways too Mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't hold up as well i think yeah it's okay but it doesn't hold up the way the sopranos some good performances and some good moments but also some real cornball stuff in there too yeah all right uh, i think you have gotten nine out of eleven so far which is really Uh, good i missed at least three you missed lucasfilm and uh microsoft XP. And I missed the Apple and I missed the Mac sound too. Oh, you did. Oh, okay. I knew it was a PC, but I didn't know it was a a Mac. Okay. So um, here is your final one. That's got to be 20th Century Fox. Or 21st Century Fox. Oh, now it's 21st Century yeah, Fox. Um, it will be all... I'm, I'm a 20th Century girl. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, I wanted to... I, you know, I should have put a link in here. I uh, came across a... Uh, like, not, not a remix, but what I'm, I'm looking for it here. Um, uh, oh, it's a remastered version that it's not even... Uh, this is by somebody posting uh, Sharon Tharma posted this on uh, on YouTube and I don't know if she remixed this herself or if it's just something that bounced around but it's really cool because you can it's mostly the same but if you listen closely you can sort of hear how things are kind of tweaked and stuff you hear it <laughs> kind of i'm not really good at hearing those kind of things though that was the first one i clicked on somehow that has better seo um than the other one and i gotta say this is totally unrelated but killed it, me that makes me want it so bad to hear the uh harmona harmonophone or harmonium uh jurassic park just google that oh, I it's not it. related to anything they were doing here except that it's hilarious uh, you were uh, you were obsessed with this. I was obsessed with this. It cracks me up so I much. F- totally this is a scene this. from Jurassic Park. It's the scene from Jurassic Park where they get out of the car. They're like driving to the you know big compound or whatever. Uh, Doctor Grant and and uh, whatever uh, Laura Dern and suddenly they turn a corner and like a brontosaurus like rises up out of uh-huh. the you know background and it's like you know da 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 but. <laughs> this version is so hilarious. Do you have uh, it? Yeah, let's take a listen. To Jurassic Park. Oh, 
I mean, it really helps with the visuals, too, because it's this majestic scene of, of these dinosaurs crawling out of the water. It is. I do, And I was not even looking at it, but I will, we'll make sure we put that link in the, in the show page. It's so funny to me. The um, I, I like that the person who posted this way back in 2012 wrote, I got a melodica, or I just oh, got a melodica. Melodica, that's the name, the name of the instrument I couldn't think of. Oh, I thought you said that. Cause that's I said I a harmonium, for. which oh, is like okay. not a thing, I don't think. But it just says, just got a melodica. Here's my rendition of the Jurassic Park theme song. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody wrote, hauntingly majestic. That is uh, fantastic. Well, congratulations to you, Genevieve. Well, I that think was that a great quiz. That was really a good idea. Fun? I did. All right, yeah, good. Thank good. You. I gotta say, I think I kind of stole it from the from the fellas over at GeekWire uh, when They're they when right. they were just when they were just fellas. Um, and because uh, I they had when their podcast was in the early I days. I heard Todd Bishop on NPR this morning. Oh, really? Well, not NPR. Oh, and the local station? Yeah. Um, and uh, they did like the tech sound of the week and they made it a quiz. With oh, that's their... fun. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's so many tech sounds. Yeah, it's a really good idea. So I kind of stole that from them. But yeah, that's a lot of fun. Maybe I can find more in the future. Yeah, I love that. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. You know what I couldn't find? What? But we use in the intro of our show. Actually, um, oh, I can't play the intro because uh, of the way I have things set up right now. But you know how I do the um, the sound of people switching? I kind of tri- bloop, bloop, bloop. That's the TiVo sound. Yeah. But when you look up TiVo sound, all you find are videos of people saying how to stop the horrible TiVo sounds. Like I dug and dug and dug. You should have found the clip of Liz Lemon and her boyfriend, Chris Cross, just sitting on the couch going, remember that TiVo sound? You mean bloop? Yeah. I don't remember that. (laughs) See, I also think that was really good branding. It was a brand new device, you know. They really in TiVo kind of, you know, kind of cornered the market for a while there on DVRs, and they really it it was. It reminded me of Skype a little bit. Yeah, kind of a. I mean, it is an irritating sound, but also it's, uh, you know, it's so associated with particular. I mean, it's literally attaches a brand to a, a concept, right? Which is DVR. Yeah, and I think that they were trying to make it not as annoying. I mean, it's not a harsh sound. It's almost like a, wa- you know, that water drop sound, which is kind of a more soothing thing. Kind of like, again, I think of um, the Skype thing as being very kind of watery sounding as well. But yeah. anyway, that was fun. Uh, so uh, time to check in with you guys. You're the ad council. Um, what do we got? Well, I wanted to start with an email uh, from listener Sarah. And Sarah, thank you so much for writing in. I had said in the last episode that I regretted and I appreciated a listener calling my, my attention to uh, a sort of offhand joke I made about adoption, like being like less like an adopted. If someone was adopted, like they wouldn't know something about their past. Um, and I we invited listeners who are adopted or who have experience with adoption to tell us like sort of what their experience has been around that issue. Um, and Sarah wrote in saying, I'm one of 10 kids. Eight of the 10 of us are adopted. Growing up, the jokes about being adopted never really fazed me, partly because we already had enough issues to deal with, and mostly because my parents made a special day of our anniversary of when they got us, and they never had the fact that we were adopted. It'd be pretty hard since we were all multi-ethnic, multi-racial kids. 
She says, this helped to normalize adoption for all of us, and I feel like most parents of adoptees make more of a big deal about the adopted jokes because they you know, are protective of their kids. That makes sense. Kids- can, I, can I jump in there and say and that's why I did a call out? And, and I'm not trying to devalue what our listener said last week, but we got an email from somebody who said, hey, could you stop making adoption jokes? I, you know, I'm the parent of adopted kid or kids, and uh, I didn't really think much of this until somebody pointed it out, and then you said it, and it's like, yeah, that's not cool. And I had said... It's interesting. I wonder if adopted kids feel as strongly about it as adopted parents, because I could see adopted parents being much more kind of protective of it. Also, and I'm just guessing. Adults, like, I'm, not saying. I'm not saying kids don't get their feelings hurt. They sure they certainly do. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure there are horrible instances of children being bullied over adoption, along with any number of things. But I think a parent is maybe more likely to see the the macro trend. Yeah. And understand its wrongness versus a kid who like gets teased about whatever you know. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, again, a kid's, I don't a kid's that... experience is so is so you know with it's so contextual within their own life. Yeah, and again, I'm not saying that to dismiss the other the yeah. person who wrote in. Um, she says jokes like uh, jokes like that were very of a time and are fading away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a good tip for anyone who is upset by the jokes uh, is something that she used to do when my older brother would joke about us being adopted. I usually quipped, yeah, well, mom and dad chose me. They just got stuck with you. That's great. Which yeah. is a great comeback. That's a good burn. So burn on all you bio kids. Yeah. I'm going after bio kids now. Yeah, watch out. Um, okay, so thank you, Sarah. I really appreciate you writing in. Um, now, this was this next piece of feedback is something that was kind of a an interesting and robust discussion on our Facebook group. So this is my, uh, my, my weekly pitch to come join us at the Facebook group because there's fun discussions happening. Um, are you familiar, Andrew, with the Fansville campaign that Dr. Pepper has been doing? I know you've seen some of them, but I'm not sure you're aware of it as a coherent campaign. There was one involving a referee that the other day you said, oh, I love this commercial. But by the time you said it, it was already over and I didn't really catch what was going on. So I don't really know this at all. So the Fansville campaign is actually we should have done it in our like continuing stories episode because it's very mm. much like that. It's this whole town where everyone is a fan and mm. like that's sort of like their identity and they all they're not fans of any particular team that we recognize. It's just, they just are these generic fans, but what Hmm. they do love and are always dressed in the colors of, and are essentially fans of are is Dr. Pepper. Oh, okay. Yep. And so it's kind of like, it has a real, I would say it's, it's sort of spoofing on um, Friday night lights a little bit, the Uh way like the whole town is like invested in this identity as a fan. And some of the, like it's sort of the small town vibe, uh, you know, and uh, there's one of a. Why don't you play this one? It's an X called X-ray. Okay. Where uh, the local, what would be in a, in Friday Night Lights, the guy who'd be the quarterback, but in this is just like a really good fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets injured. He injures his grilling hand. <laughs> okay. What an emotional fansville by Dr. Pepper. It's a grade three sprain. But I can still grill, right? Your season's over. But I'm a grill master, Doc. This is what I do. His hot dogs are amazing. Just use your other hand. That's his Dr. Pepper hand. <laughs> Next time on Fansville. He's trying to flip a burger. Almost. He drops the burger. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> he just keeps dropping the burger and the doctor looks like he doesn't want to eat it. Uh, I have seen that. You know, I didn't. Yeah, you're right. I didn't notice it as part of a bigger campaign. I don't think I noticed the ins and the outs of that, like as a TV show. That's pretty. I like that. It's a whole. Um, 
it's a whole world that they've created. This, this town of Fansville is like lots of different characters, lots of you know interwoven storylines. Uh-huh. Um, and I haven't seen them all, but I'm peripherally aware of it, and I kind of like it. It also it also has the one where like the it also involves like the competing fans from different teams like being willing to love each other because they both like Dr. Pepper you know uh-huh. they're sort of like all it's a this very like integrated universe can we anyway. watch more because I really like that one um sure why don't you well this doc, this is an older don't play the doctor the Larry Culpepper one because that's, oh, okay. that's a contrasting example oh okay here play this new one this is encroachment which is the one that I particularly like recently this is in a neighborhood where all the fans are living these Dr. Pepper fans and some new neighbors move in who have a different uh, persuasion. On a tense Fansville by Dr. Pepper. What is it? It's the new neighbors, Sheriff. The referees. <laughs> so referees are moving in next door. They're all they're, wearing like yeah. their referee. You know, it's like a, p- people of different sexes and ages, like a whole family, but they're all refs. They're all wearing their zebra outfits. Holy Tuscaloosa. We don't need their whistles keeping us up at night. Look, they're putting up replay cameras. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. Who's making the calls here, Sheriff? I'm out. But then they're Maybe unloading a bunch a of Dr. Pepper hey, from their moving truck. Welcome to Fransville. Offsides. That wasn't very neighborly. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah, so I reiterate idea- what you said. So when, the, when, the, when they see that the refs also are packing Dr. Pepper, they try to approach them, but then a ref throws a flag. Yeah. So I love the idea that the natural enemy of a fan is a referee, yeah, which I think is a funny conceit. That's pretty conceit. great. And it's called encroachment, which is perfect. Right. Um, so <laughs> um, uh, listener Mike had posed this question on the Facebook group. Um this Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper Fansville campaign, wow, has this landed in any way with anyone? Uh, which I take, I take by Mike's tone that he is not a fan of Fansville. Um, and so this was just like a bunch of people got involved, and I really love seeing like all the back. I chimed in. I said mm-hmm. I like that one about the refs. Um, Don said we've laughed at some of the ads. Um, uh, oh, the, 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 uh, Dawn says there's one where a baby is born a fan of a different team <laughs> than the dad. That's pretty subversive. Yeah. She says that's great. I like that. Uh, Wayne says uh, <laughs> there's one. There's one whole mystery about a national championship trophy getting stolen. So, and Wayne says, but who stole the trophy? Trophy. Mm. Uh, David says it's better than the Larry Culpepper ads, and uh, Car- uh, Cecilia agreed. The Larry Culpepper ads. Do you remember this? This is the mm. guy. He had like those flip glasses, and he was like the, he was the guy who'd go into the stands. He was a a, a drink. Oh uh, yeah, a, a concession like a vendor. purveyor, a yeah, vendor. Yeah. Sorry, I was like just searching for the right word. He was a vendor. He was a, a stadium vendor, and so all of his commercials were about like getting Dr Pepper, cold Dr Pepper to the fans, and like he, he the joke was that he treated it like much more of a professional obligation than it in fact is. Okay, um, do you want me to play this one? Yeah, yeah, this is ringing a vague bell, and, and I, didn't I know, know when I see it. I didn't it, know it was so uh, rage-inducing for people. And this is not from long ago. This is 2017. Yeah. It's true. Fans are craving Dr. Pepper more than ever. So I've assembled a team. Oh, yeah. Not exactly like five-star. But they've got spirit. We'll be at tailgate. The cheap seats. Love seats. If you're craving Dr. Pepper, we'll be there. We'll be everywhere. That's me up there. And yes, we are taking walk-ons. I'm in. Doug Flutie? Flutie's in! Let's go, Dr. Pepper Hip! Here's a boy's medium. That'll work. <laughs> um, kind of a decent... I think that it's just like the Cole Pepper character is just kind of unlikable. 
I think. He just, I don't, yeah. He's so dad-like. He's like, he's wearing like terrible shorts and a clunky knee brace. And he's meant to be, you know, so sort of gym teacher-esque and like overly self-important. I These don't, I like the Fansville universe better. I think it's more interesting and more engaging. The Culpepper ones didn't bother me and some of the jokes in them made me laugh sometimes. So it didn't. I actually think Dr. Pepper has a really uh, strong ad game overall. They also had Little Sweet with uh, Justin oh, yeah. Guarini, yeah. uh, which I it's a beloved campaign for me. This is kind of funny. I, you just copied and pasted your thread into the show sheet, and you said that you liked the Dr. Pepper encroachment one, the one we just saw where the refs are installing replay cameras, and I saw that Mike, the original commenter, wrote, if your family has nothing to hide, you shouldn't mind all the replay cameras. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Pretty good spoof, um, yeah. But I'm, uh, but I am, I do disagree with Mike. Uh, I actually like these, especially but you sitting don't even down remember and, them. Sitting down and watching them in a row like this, I think, really helps. Yeah. You know, and I don't think I ever all of these or the two of them that we just watched, I'd only sort of seen peripherally and hadn't really paid attention to. And I think Mike kind of nods to that, like maybe he wasn't paying attention to like kind of the 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 through line another listener noted that they're getting very twin peaks with it and it's true like some of them there's actually one now that has it's some sort of evolving mystery i don't know if it's like the trophy's been stolen Mm. or what but actually one of the characters in it is uh leland palmer i mean the actor who played leland palmer from twin peaks Ooh, that's dark so yeah be careful that like when you have a fun little campaign and then you decide to start layering i think that's gonna be the problem with this one just slow down everybody yeah keep it simple stupid don't don't make the same mistakes that the pink dress lady did (laughs) exactly you can sell Anything. What was it, T-Mobile? No. That was T-Mobile. T-Mobile. Yeah. Because T-Mobile will always be pink. Oh, right. Yes. And those were the kind of iconic ads that ran for a really long time with the um, the cute girl in the pink dress and completely blank uh, white background, and she would just do a pitch. And then they just got more and more complicated so that by the end of the campaign, which was probably close to a decade, she's like, no, you don't think so? Decade. No way. I'm going to look that up. We'll follow up in the next show. If it was, even, I said close to a decade. If it was even five years, I'll be shocked. Really? Yeah. Okay. We'll look it up. Um, and uh, but anyway, by the end, she's like riding a motorcycle through the city. Like it just went from like the most simple one person in a simple outfit standing in front of a blank wall to the most complicated like Mission Impossible cluttered commercial I'd ever seen. I was very disappointed, as you know, because I wanted someday to uh, have the job of picking out her outfits. Well, I mean, maybe she's available for for that now. <laughs> just, wait, I don't think I'm allowed to just hire women so that I can dress them. I think that would be weird. But is she allowed to hire you? <laughs> All right. How can people find us? They can get at us on Facebook. As, I, as you see, <laughs> I, I love the Facebook community, and it's really fun, and people really uh, ask some interesting questions there and post cool stuff. We don't get into even... A fraction of it here uh, so I love going there to see what else people are talking about um, that is the Facebook the After These Messages Facebook group on face on Facebook um, email us at After These Messages show at gmail or call us at 607-444-5597 that's 607-444-5597 thanks it's a fun show and uh, we'll talk to you guys next Tuesday yuppies yeah I'm talking about wine drinkers bald head man clucks clan swine thinkers what motivates you let's go around the room I want to own a boat one day they got my dreams and they
All right, I got the article here. Looks like I was right. <laughs> it I was not even three years. Business Insider, T-Mobile ditches Carly Fox, the beloved girl in pink from New Ads. That was written in 2013. And where, when does it, where does it say that she started? The fall of 2010. Debuted as a girl in a pink dress. Three years. It's not almost I said, a decade. I didn't, I, it's almost a decade. Yeah, almost. I, said I, I didn't d- say exactly a decade. I did. said almost. <laughs> Anybody would agree that that's almost a decade. 